Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us on the show today. And um, Brendan Porath, editor and writer, SB Nation. We'll be here to talk about golf with the Bridgestone coming up, the PGA coming up, and just coming off the British Open where Tiger Woods performed so well and actually put himself into the Bridgestone, into the number 50 spot. That's what was so significant about that. We'll talk to him about that in a few moments. The Phillies stay hot. They take two out of three from the Dodgers. Getting the job done again. And a big reason why, Carlos Santana with the bases clearing triple yesterday in the five-run fifth. The left-hander comes set the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a line drive. Base hit to right center field. It's rolling toward the warning track. One run is scored. Two is scored. O'Rara getting to third. He's on his way home. Here's the relay throw. The play at the plate. And he is safe as he dives in ahead of the tag of Barnes. Bases clearing. Extra base hit for Carlos Santana. They don't only tack on. They blow it open. As the Phillies now lead 6-1 after the big hit by Carlos. And the call as heard on the Phillies Radio Network and on News Radio 1070 WKOK, your home for Phillies baseball. And what a ride it has been. Phillies have put together a really terrific season. So it's been a great ride to get to this point in first place. It's been fun. And it's been great to have him on. We'll get Brendan on here in, you know, in just a few minutes. And we also have the last half hour open, too, if he needs to get in then we'll be fine but we'll get him on yeah, in years past i would stress out over this but we'll get him it's all good in years past you'd stress out over this yeah during my 90-day probational period it was you know stuff like this would drive me nuts and <laughs> you feel fine now i'm, I'm good now yeah in any particular reason <laughs> <laughs> It's the calming effect by the host of this show. It's like, it's okay, we're good. Yeah, Don't we're good. Yeah. yeah, we're fine. Uh, but now about tonight's game, Phillies and Cincinnati to start a four-game weekend set. you got a debut pitcher tonight of uh, Ranger Suarez, who uh, was doing mm-hmm. pretty well down in Lehigh Valley. Uh, he had an ERA of uh, under one, uh, .91 ERA, his last eight minor league starts. Three starts mm-hmm. at AAA Lehigh. Uh, it was .57. ERA, so he is uh, he has impressed Gabe Kapler so far. Incredible demeanor, uh, a lot of confidence. We have confidence in him. He's got confidence in himself. See how he does now, tonight again. Yeah, he's pitched well. Uh, it's uh, it, it, did I give you the stat yesterday, the other day, Daniel Ponce de Leon? 
Isn't yeah, how about, isn't that crazy? Look, look at the Reds had to deal with earlier this week: Daniel Ponce de Leon and Austin Gomer. <laughs> well, do you know what they both have in common? They're both former State College Spikes pitchers. Yeah, Gomber, Gomber, and Ponce de Leon were both here in the, since 1965. There have been six pitchers that have taken a no hitter into the seventh inning in their first professional start. Daniel Ponce de Leon and Nick Kingham are two of the six. They're both former State College Spikes. How about that? Then Gomber did it the other night, did it last time. Gomber's a former State College Spike. I was talking with Jeff Cook, the new uh, head coach for men's soccer here. It was interview part of the Roar segments I produce, help produce. For um, WPSU uh, and the Penn State Sports Network, and so I'd like to lead that one. The first one out of the gate would like to be the new men's soccer coach. I mean, we were talking about that today, you know, about about how interesting that's been. That two former Spikes pitchers have been among those with uh, with the no hit bids early on. All right, uh, but the Phillies are playing great. This has been uh, fun to watch. It has been fun to listen to with Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson. And the Phillies continue to play great ball. They continue to play great ball. You look at the standings about where they are, and... ESPN Analytics ranked the national championship team since the BCS era began. That's adorable. Ah, that's a worthless uh, article, but it's all right. People like lists. They love lists. Suit so used to get so mad when I say, ah, it's irrelevant. Uh, let's see. Well, it is that the time Phillies of year, July, you know, dog days of summer, yeah, yeah, you know, a little bit of time to fill before training camp, NFL training camp start, you know, some just some oh. fun talking points just to kick around, not to take too seriously. Now, the Center Daily Times did a top 10. Top 10 Penn State quarterbacks, top 10 Penn State running backs, top 10 linebackers, top 10 defensive ends. I mean, look, it's good summer filler. I mean, it is. So the Phillies right now have the second-best record in the National League, game and a half up on the Braves. Nationals are seven back. Uh, Only the Cubs, believe it or not, the Cubs have the best record in the National League. And the Cubs are putting up some runs. The problem is the Cubs give up a lot of runs. I mean, their run differential is a plus 102, but they've scored 511 runs. The Cubs have scored more runs than anybody else in the National League, but they've also given up a bucket load of runs. Now, they've actually given up fewer runs than the Phillies have, but still. And the wild card teams today would be Milwaukee and Arizona. All right. Yep, no, no, I'm I'm wrong about that. I'm sorry. The wild card teams today would be Atlanta and Milwaukee at this point. Now, in the American League, 
Looks like the Yankees are going to get Jay Happ from the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, the Yankees are playing 640 baseball, and right now they'd be in the wild card game against Seattle. But doggone, there's Oakland. Oakland's a game and a half back. There's 17 games over 500. They've won five in a row. Now let's get to something quick about the Pirates here. And here's the issue with the with the Pirates. It's amazing how their brand um, doesn't translate. The other day, they, they've been able to run the winning streak to 10 in a row. They eventually got it to 11. Yeah, but they get it to 10 in a row, and the 10th win was over. I mean, they really knocked around Corey Kluber, who's one of the top 10 starters in all of baseball. They knocked him around. So I was going through the sports web pages, and usually there's three, four primary ones I look at. The four primary ones I look at are ESPN, SI.com, CBSSports.com, and NBCSports.com. Yeah, and I've put NBC Sports on there now that Peter King's writing for them. And they all have one thing in common. But it wasn't a single story about the Pirates winning 10 in a row. Even on a national basis, they're just dusted off. They're dusted off. But there's also another reality to it. Here's the reality to what the Pirates have done. The Pirates, because of where they were, I say the Phillies have kept themselves in the neighborhood near the top the entire time and then they've been able to move to the top. The Pirates haven't. Pirates went through a really bad stretch where they were. 16 games under 500 from the after starting 12 and 3 they played 16 games under 500 so now they got them seven seven games under 500 at one point I think they were 42 and 49 and it is the equivalent of a basketball team being down 20 running off 16 unanswered points right now they're down four but the other team that hits a three, then there's a stop, and there's another three, and guess what? It's a 10-point game again. The problem with having to make up so much ground all the time is that you have to keep making up ground, and if you stall at any point, you then lose ground, and you've now put yourself, you feel like you're back where you started. That's the problem with the Pirates. They've won 11 in a row, and they're still not. They're still not. I think they're in fourth place for the wild card right now. That's the problem. That's the problem that they have. They're like the, the basketball team that is down 20, runs off 16 unanswered, and they're getting close, and all of a sudden the other team hits a three. Oh, now it's down seven. All right, well, okay, we got to score this time, and uh, boom got to stop, and boom, they come down, they hit a, a two or a three. Now you're down nine or ten. Now in two possessions, you're, you've lost you've lost ground, and it's significant because the time and the clock's running out. That's the deal with having the win streak that they've had, because they've been trying to make up for all the lost ground that they had. Training camps are underway in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell is as active in Steelers camp as Sean is right now. 
That's not good, Sean. How about that entrance by Antonio Brown yesterday on the helicopter? I was kind of wondering, yeah, the one camp he shows up in the uh, in his Rolls Royce, or is it a Bentley? Whatever car he has, it's all decked out in black and gold. I think that was last year he did that. Yeah, was that a Rolls? That's what I thought. Yeah, I was kind of okay. It's like that classic game show. Can you top this? Okay, what's he going to do this year? Shows up in a helicopter, avoids all that traffic on Route Thirty. Drops down Le'Veon on the Bell, field behind the behind the dorms. So. Yeah, yeah, Le'Veon Bell looking at that saying he has the money to rent it. <laughs> uh, hey, another training camp of without 2-6. Uh, I knew it was going to happen anyway. It's, it is what it is. Everyone expects it. Yep. Everyone expects it. He's not going to be there. So... I got yeah, my venting and uh, frustrations out of Lev Bell about a week ago, so I, I've got it out of my system. It's like, okay, we'll just go through training camp. He'll show up when he shows up and get his 14 was that five. The day, Was that the day you were chopping wood? <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I he, I heard yeah. two chords. Somebody says something about two chords. I'm like, well, he must really be mad at Levy. Oh, yeah. Don't give me no axe. <laughs> no. But uh, uh, it's just get, it's just same old song and dance, uh, same old song and dance. It's just getting frustrating, and yeah, it's like. But if he wouldn't be such a dynamic player and just such a pivotal role in that offense, and how dynamic he can be. Oh, I know. Yeah. Look, when he's in there, I mean, but here's my concern on the Steelers. Uh, let's. Let me, put, let me give it to you from another perspective here. And it's going to take me a moment here to just quickly look up his numbers. Um, let's see. Le'Veon. Huh, it's amazing how it comes up right away just when you put L.E. in there. <laughs> um, and if I'm the Steelers, this is my biggest concern when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. Because what is he now, 27? 27 years old now? He is, ding, 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 26 and 158 days. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at his pro career, which started at the age of 21. 244 rushes, 45 catches. That's 299 touches his rookie year. He then had 290 rushes and 83 receptions. That's 373 touches in a year. Well, next, he has, that was the year he got hurt, though. He only played six games, so you got to take that one out. Well, you can't, you can't take it out, 137 touches. 2016, in the regular season, 261 rushes, 94 targets, 336 touches. 2017, last year, 321 rushes, which led the NFL in 15 games. He also was targeted 106 times and caught 85 in them, which is a career high. 406 touches from scrimmage last season. Now, you've got to add in what he's done in the playoffs. In the playoffs, I mean, it's... He's done as much of the playoffs as Sean has. Um, 
Last year in the one playoff game, he had 25 touches, and he had 69 touches in the 2016 playoff run before he got hurt against the Patriots. So you take the 94 and you add that up, because you have to include the playoffs. And you're talking about 1,635 touches in five years. Okay. So what's that's 135 divided by five is six. It's almost seven, eight. So you're talking about a guy that is averaging 308 touches a year. There is a shelf life. And if you're a Steeler owner, Steeler general manager, you're Kevin Colbert. You know, because he's going to get about the same work this year if he's healthy. There's only a max number you can go before finally the shelf life is over with. That, to me, is the biggest issue with Le'Veon Bell. They've used him to the max. You know, the one season he didn't have hardly anything was the season he got hurt. He only played six games, only had 137 touches. But if you take that season out, he's at 406, 336. He's at 406, 373, 336, and 289. We're talking about in those four seasons, 350 touches a season. He's been in the playoffs the last two years. So he's gone, what, 742 plus the 64 equals, what, um, 804 touches in two years? 804 in two years? That's 402 touches a year the last two years. Hey, running back is the one position where the number of touches wears you down. That would be, to me, the biggest issue with re-signing him. And I think that's why you're seeing the Steelers take full advantage of two franchise tags plus a four-year contract where they get the six years out of them and then they move on. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Four city blocks of new Ford trucks. Over 40,000 trucks sold. SMC is where you want to be. Sunbury Motors Ford has over 110 new Ford trucks. And during July, they'll include a complimentary accessory package. With the purchase of any new F-150 through July 31st, receive a tonneau cover, molded slash cars, and window deflectors at no additional charge. SMC is where you want to be because they have the largest selection of new Ford trucks in all of central Pennsylvania. And that means the biggest savings. Take up to 13000 $500 off on new F-150s. And SMC has them starting as low as $26,669. Save up to seven grand on 2018 Ford Escapes. And they're slashed as low as $19,380. 2018 Explorers, Edges, and Expeditions will also be clearly marked with discounts up to eight grand. SMC is where you want to be in July for this mega summer spectacular sale and the complimentary F-150 accessory package. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. F-150 accessory package valued at $699. Excludes prior sales and older units. 
For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Tim Kirchin tomorrow. Todd Callis tomorrow. And the Prince of Pickles tomorrow. I missed out on dinner with him, though, on Friday. Circumstances. No, Saturday. Just circumstances. No. Oh, well. And uh, Wheels is on Monday. I can assure you, Wheels is down at Clearwater because he, he and I text. We te- before I even knew he was on the show, we, te- we texted back and forth. All right, great to have you with us on this wonderful Thursday. Lot to talk about. Final half hour, a lot on college football coming up. Training camp opens a week from tomorrow. By the way, I found out when my my Harrisburg speech is. It's actually Tuesday, the 28th of August. So I'm in Pittsburgh with Jack on the 27th. And then the 28th, I've got that speech in Harrisburg. Now, what idiot lines up speeches at opposite ends of the state on back-to-back nights? Uh Uh-oh, that secretary's in trouble. That's the problem. I need one. <laughs> I need somebody with the ability to go, no, Mr. Jones can't do that. <laughs> I don't have that person. I need that person. I need a guy. I need a person. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us on the show today. A lot to talk about in this half hour. Tomorrow, Tim Kirchner will be on the show. We'll talk baseball. More baseball with Todd Callis. Yes, that's Harry's son, who's doing great work with the Astros. And, of course, the king of all broadcast kings at 435. Wheels will be with us on Monday. So looking forward to talking with him, even though he and I texted each other a few times this week. So about a couple of other items. Um, But looking forward to talking with him. Yeah, that was funny because when I was texting Wheels to set it up, he goes, yeah, I was just just texting Steve not too long ago. <laughs> he, he goes, remind Steve what a great job Brian and I did recruiting that oh, that O-Tackle Whirly <laughs> and his mom who committed today. Then <laughs> uh, <laughs> he added a smiley face emoji yeah. <laughs> with that. Uh, there you yeah. go, Wheels. <laughs> uh, getting it done. Yeah. Getting it done. 
<laughs> All right. So looking forward to that. I regret uh, having having him on the show. Uh, all right, a lot of college football stuff. Uh, I think Bill Bender is right that Scott Frost adds perspective, important perspective, to the Big Ten. And I think he'll do well in the end at, at Nebraska. Now, the Nebraska job is not an easy job. This is not the old days uh, where Tom Osborne would get 60 walk-ons in the state and then is able to build around that walk-on program and so forth. It's not like that. I mean, the guy's any good. He doesn't want to be a walk-on anymore, I can tell you that. And their families don't want him to be a walk-on anymore either. I mean, believe me, ask, ask the Kaiser family and ask the Smith family, if you ever run into them, how it felt for them as parents when they found out that their player that their sons were on scholarship and no longer had to pay the freight. You're not going to get a lot of uh, walk-ons in the old days. Nebraska is going to have to recruit heavily in Florida, Texas, and California. Texas, believe it or not, has become a tougher nut for them to crack because they're no longer in the Big 12, and thus there is not the lure to go to Nebraska that you're in the Big 12. Thus you can play games down at Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, whatever. And, of course, at that point, with that state, Texas A&M was still in the uh, Big 12 as well. So there was not the lure of, hey, you come to Nebraska, believe me, you'll go home a couple times a year. And that's lost. They don't have that. They're in the Big 10 now. So California, Texas, Florida has to be the the big area for them. But Scott Frost does bring in the perspective of, hey, look, in this fight for a national championship, I was at a school that won every single game and got nothing out of it. Now, in fairness, the argument is always going to be against a group of five school that if you had to run the gauntlet of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, now you're impressed. Running a gauntlet of UConn, Houston, and Memphis doesn't light the fire. UCF, for all we knew, was the best team in college football last year. For all we knew. But they only had one legitimate opportunity to really show it, and that was the bowl game against Auburn. They didn't have to play Ohio State and Michigan State back-to-back. They didn't have to play Penn State and Iowa back-to-back. Jack Penn State played Ohio State and Michigan State back-to-back on the road. Ohio State played Penn State at home and then played at Iowa the next week. The Central Floridas of the world don't have to do that. But he is going to lend valuable perspective. Now, the question is going to be, after three years, is his perspective still valuable? Because perspective in today's world also deals with, hey, look, they really want to listen to you when you're winning. Now, I think he will win there. 
how much he'll win, we'll see. This is a conference, as I mentioned last week, that to me, or I, I think I maybe I mentioned this on Monday, at, at, when they started media day, there are six schools in the Big Ten that to me on this day have 10 win plus potential. Now, when it's all said and done, maybe two of them will win 10 plus, maybe four, maybe all six. I don't know. But going in, the six schools out of 14 that, in my opinion, have 10 plus win potential are Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Northwestern. It's a tough run. It's a tough run in this conference. Penn State, let's get to the Penn State for a moment. Offensive line has a chance to be maybe the best offensive line they've had here since maybe nine Eight was really good, but maybe nine. You have to replace a dynamic pass-catching tight end who was a matchup nightmare in Gasicki. You will get guys at that spot, though, that are probably better blockers than Mike. Jonathan Holland, Nick Bowers. And then we'll see, for example, or Danny Dalton. Let's see what a guy, for example, like Pat Frymuth might add. We'll find out early in camp if he's capable of it. The quarterbacks between Trace and Tommy Stevens. And the running back, look, Miles Sanders has waited his turn. He's dynamic. I think the one area I thought he really improved upon in the spring, if I had to pick any area where I thought Miles Sanders was better, I thought he was better catching the ball in the spring because he caught the ball with a high level of consistency. I think Sanders has a chance to have a really good year. Now you're going to add in Mark Allen, Journey Brown, and then let's see what Ricky Slade can do. Now you bring it out to the wide receiver spot. Jawan Johnson has a chance to be outstanding. DeAndre Tompkins has a chance to be really, really good. We saw K.J. Hamler and Mac Hippenhammer step in and do some good things in the spring. Now you're adding in Justin Shorter. Now you're adding in Jahan Jahan Dotson. All right. So on offense, you feel like they've got a lot of parts that can really work. Now defensively, they've got depth at end. There's no getting around it. You know, Sharif Miller, Ryan Buckholtz, they've got depth at defensive end. No question. They've recruited well there. I mean, even a guy like Nick Tarburton, for example, they moved him from linebacker to defensive and just on pure size, I think they had to. Uh, when you look at at Nick. Nick I thought was uh I mean I mean he was a big linebacker when he was there, so they quickly got him over to the defensive end spot. And I thought that worked out well. Now we'll see if it, it translates into any playing time. That's the part I'm not you know, we'll we'll have to see. It's gonna be up to him as to whether it translates into playing time. And when you've got Shane Simmons, Shaka Tony, Yitor Gross Matos, who I think has a chance to be really good. 
Matos, I think, would be really, really good. You feel good about your defensive end spot. Now, your tackle spot, that's a little different. Kevin Givens and Robert Windsor. Fred Hansard, I think, has a chance to be a real contributor at that defensive tackle spot. But then who do you have around? Because Ellison Jordan, of course, got banged up before the Fiesta Bowl. And I like Ellison Jordan, by the way. But is this where Culpepper and P.J. Mustafer, Judge Culpepper and P.J. Mustafer, do they suddenly have themselves in the mix to play that spot? Linebacker, all right, linebacker, you got Koa and Cam Brown are two known entities. Jarvis Miller is, I think Jarvis Miller gets better every time I see him. I think he's going to help them. And then you've got Jan Johnson, who nobody really talks about. You've got Jay Cooper. And, of course, then you've got Jesse Lucetta. And Lucetta would be in that mic spot. I like the potential of Lucetta. I see that you just see physically and instinctively he's got a ceiling he can get to. Now it's up to him to get there. And then, of course, Micah Parsons. Parsons is a great athlete. Not a good athlete. He is a great athlete playing at that Will linebacker spot. Okay, he's not a good athlete. Micah Parsons is a great athlete playing at that spot. Now it's, a get, now it's going to be a question of him getting used to playing the game in space. But he has a lot of really important tools that you just flat... I mean, let's face it. Micah Parsons has a list of items you flat out can't teach. Just does. The secondary is interesting, because remember, when I mentioned some of these names here, uh, yeah, I I mentioned some, some freshmen here. But for example, Miller's played. Cooper's played some. Johnson's played some. Cam Brown's played a lot. Coa's played a lot. Simmons and Tony have played a lot. Matos played a lot. Matos is going to be really good. It was the same story in the secondary. They may not have started, but they have played so many people on defense the last few years. Amani Oyewarie, the second team all Big Ten, didn't start a game. You've got Aaron Monroe and Garrett Taylor. Now, Monroe's played more games than Taylor has, but Taylor had a really good spring. Nick Scott's played a lot of football. I mean, these guys all played significant football. Significant. In other words, they had significant playing time. They were not thrown in when the game was 44-7. to These guys were put into the game when it was 7 to nothing. That's why I value the playing time that they had. Any playing time is valuable, but more so when it's meaningful playing time in the game. Everybody in that secondary got into games when it was close. Early, first quarter, that's how they rotated. Tariq Castro-Fields, I think, has a chance to be really good. And what did Tariq Castro-Fields? He's 6'1", Amani Oyewarie, 6'1", big corners. You've got length at corner. And now you add in the return of John Reed. 
now you've got a guy really, John Reed, can flat out play. And then you got Lamont Wade, and you got Zach McPherson. You've got depth, quality depth in the secondary. Believe me, Zach McPherson will get game reps. Lamont Wade will get game reps. Now, they have to straighten out the place kicking part. How do they want to play that? You sense that that James Franklin does not want to hand the keys to Blake Gilligan to be the kickoff guy, the punt guy, and the place kick guy. That does not necessarily mean that he can't be two of the three. So let's see how life pans out for Blake Gilligan, but also maybe for others that can contribute and take some pressure and take the weight of one of those positions off of Blake Gilligan. DeAndre Tompkins, Mark Allen, K.J. Hamler, Mac Hippenhammer, John Reed, all can return punts. Journey Brown, with his speed, is somebody you have to look at right away as a possibility of returning kicks. And believe me, okay, they are not going to be fair catching. I mean, there's no way a deep guy fair catches the ball in college football. No way. Remember, every one of these deep guys believes in their heart that the second they touch the ball, they can take it all the way. They all think that. Every one of them. I'm talking about if they catch the ball in the field of play, yeah, there are other guys that put a knee down five yards deep in the end zone. They're like, hey, let's, let's be smart here and take it at the 25. It's not that they don't think they can take it all the way, but they sit there and go, hey, wait a minute, what's the smart play here? All right. Well, the fair catch part, that means you're catching the ball in the field of play. By catching the ball in the field of play, these guys want to go. Now, maybe Simpson, who's been an up man or whatever, maybe he backpedals to the uh, 18-yard line, and he might call a fair catch, but he's an offensive lineman. That's the kind of guy that will make a fair catch. But, you know, if Koa happens to be an up guy, he's going to take it and run. Journey's going to take it and run. K.J. Hamler's going to take it and run if he's back there, or Mac Hippenhammer, whatever it may be. They're not going to fair catch it. The number of fair catches that you see in college football this season on the kickoff to take out the 20 is going to be minuscule. That's why I think it'll lead to another rule change. That's why watching the Alliance of American Football is going to be really, really intriguing. Hey, by the way, one more guest I want to get to you, and that's going to be on the Monday. This is down the road here. Monday... August sixth is that the that the, is that a Monday? It is. Bill Steele. Bill Steele. Is there anyone that has in a, a greater depth on every team in the country than Phil Steele? Appointment listening. Boom. Phil Steele. Boom. Shakalaka. All right. We'll come back for in a moment. Wrap things up here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Great to have you with us on the 
show today. Tomorrow, Tim Kirchin at 335. Todd Callis, who's now the voice of the Astros on TV at 406. Then Kev will be on. Monday, Wheels will be on the show. Neil Kulong joins us next Tuesday. Phil Steele is going to join us on August 6th. So, I mean, we are working ahead here, trying to get as many interesting guests on, and then we're going to reschedule uh, down the road here. We're going to reschedule uh, Brendan Parath from SB Nation. With, uh, we thought we might be able to get on the show today, and then he had a, another commitment he had to take care of. So... We will take care of that and then get him back on the show. Well, yeah, Phil Steele will be on Monday the 6th, I believe. Always good to have him on. Now, you know, we got to, you know, obviously, you know, once media day's over with, we got to get like Rich Scarcella, Donnie Collins, some of those guys back on. You know, get the beer of Bobby Flounders. Let me just get, you know. We certainly will. Audrey Snyder, too, now with The Athletic. Yeah, Audrey is now with The Athletic. Exactly. Uh, The Athletic has gone, uh, they've gone, and then we'll get Bill Bender back on. We'll have Bill on once a month at least. Um, But when you look at, you know, the people that cover this, I mean, they're really, really, I mean, really good, conscientious. I mean, we we, we try to get the, that group on as often as possible. We just we don't try to get you know uh, you know we go with you know the pros pros. Get the pros pros on. That's you know that's why we like having the group on that we have on as often as we do. Then we'll get more on the Phillies as time goes on. Because, I mean, they're in first place. They have the second-best record in the National League behind the Cubs. Now, tonight... Phillies swing back into action. This time they're on the road, right? Yes, at Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great America ballpark tonight. Cincinnati is there for the taking. It's like the Pirates. The Pirates get the gift that keeps on giving. They give the Mets. Yeah, after Cincinnati, a couple games with the Phillies and Red Sox, and then they'll Red be back. Sox. That's yeah. Monday, that's yeah, that's Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, now that's gonna set, that, yeah. that might tell you a little something about what you have. Yeah, then back home with the Marlins for next weekend. Now, if they get Chris Sale and Porcello. Then you'll really find out what you have. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.